Hey everybody, welcome to Surface Level, curious conversations about the Black and queer experience. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan, and today, Damon, Tony, and I are asking our parents the questions we always wanted answered. How have our parents' earliest experiences with queer culture impacted their beliefs of queerness? What were our parents' journey of coming to terms with our sexuality? This is Parents Just Don't Understand, part two. All right. Welcome. Welcome into the studio. <laughs> yes. <you>. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> who, who knows how this is going to go? <laughs> exactly. This Listen, we be... might be on punishment after this. <laughs> well, Grounded. <laughs> specifically from a lot of these um, conversations. But okay. um, so our theme for this season of Surface Level is Earth, Wind, and Fire. And this episode is the the last episode of our Earth segment. So it's all about like our grounding forces. And that's why our parents are here, because you all ground us. And so um, we're really excited to have these conversations with you today. But before we get into the conversations, we want to play a game. And we do this with all of our guests. So I'm going to explain the game. <laughs> here you go. Please give your parents the paddles. so we are going to play a game called that's my baby (laughs) okay Okay? and the game works like this i'm going to read a scenario and then based on what i read off to you you're going to vote whether that's your baby or that's not your baby okay and so you have a green paddle and (laughs) A red paddle. All right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I'll keep it that way. <laughs> but make sure you, sh- you know, you show <laughs> the paddle to the, to the camera. To the camera. Uh, okay. Oh. okay. So the first quote is from a previous podcast episode. So let us know if this was your baby or not your baby. I'm very good at holding people accountable, but not so much at giving people grace. Hmm. You have to vote, Mom. You have to vote, too. So you think it was me, or do you not think it was me? Very good at holding people accountable, (laughs) but not very good at giving people grace. Right. Who's not not good at giving people grace? Which of us is it? (laughs) What's your vote? Okay, not not your vote. I'll go with this. What's your... I'm just going to go like everybody else. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not everybody else, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Annette, you were right the first time. Oh, you were right. Was right. <laughs> yes. Go with, go with that, your that, gut. That's okay. your baby. That's your, that's your baby. <laughs> all right. All right. We're, we're warming up. So the next one. Am I allowed to use profanity? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you had asked. Told you you okay. were going to be grounded. This was a quote from a previous podcast episode. Yes, you have the right to say what you want to say, but you also have the right to get your ass beat. Oh, oh you think that was me? Oh, you think. Oh. <laughs> you had a vote. I don't think that's not my opinion. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I was thinking this one. I'm sorry. I, re- I hit the red <laughs> wine. You face it that wine. way. Oh. <laughs> so that was Tony. That was you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, that was me. But that you know, not Tony. in real life. You know, I, I don't I don't fight in real life, but right. I, I roll with goons. <laughs> just in case just in case people get familiar. Um, you know, I think I probably said that because uh, I got you know Dem- I'm friends with Demond, and so Demond's the, the <laughs> fighter of the group. <laughs> He's the fighter of the group. So I don't know what we were talking about, but don't I blame think me. You said that. I, I said, you said that. Well, who said that? You said, you said that. that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pay attention to these because one's green and one's red. Okay. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one. A little bit risque. Uh-oh. Um, which host? Admitted on a previous podcast episode that they enjoyed being slapped and choked consensually, <laughs> of course. Oh, oh! <laughs> um, you got to vote, Tony Major. Yeah, maybe that was you, Tony. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's probably you. Well, mom, that was me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you was right. right. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm shaking right now. I didn't know I was gonna have this type of conversation with you. About to leave. You learn. You learn something new every day. Okay. A little bit lighter. Okay. Which of us has been deemed as the social butterfly of the group? Oh. Okay. Oh, wow. So all the parents think that their child is a social butterfly. <laughs> well, the correct answer is Tony oh, Minor. Yeah. <laughs> you. You it's Tony like Minor. These people. What are you talking about? You seem like social to me. I always <laughs> <laughs> Me and DeMond like to be... Alone. Alone. <laughs> Miss Annette, Miss Annette, Miss Teresa said, "Listen, y'all, y'all know more people than I do. Right. Therefore, exactly. that you seem That's social right. to me. <laughs> You're always saying you need to be more social. You need to be more oh, okay. social. <laughs> Good trade of thought. <laughs> All right. So, which host was voted as most likely to quit their corporate job? And to join the adult entertainment industry. <laughs> wow. Okay, you're saying not my baby mom. Miss <laughs> Annette is saying not demand. Join the adult industry. And the adult. That might have been you too, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's, he's giving it all to you. So. The correct answer. It's demand. <laughs> I quit my job every time I talk to you. Anything has got to be more fun than corporate America. <laughs> well, listen, they're very lucrative. So, you know, demand bring home a certain bag. I think you might change your mind. <laughs> okay. So this is a quote from a previous podcast episode. Who said it? I can put on those booty shorts. I could wear a crop top. I'd wear a skirt. Who said that? Okay. <laughs> I think that was you, Devon. But um, you might have been said that too, though. <laughs> I do everything, right? right. I'm just, I'm listening. Now I'm the doggone yeah. villain. <laughs> that was Tony. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. You're adventurous. If the skirt fits, if the cop top fits, <laughs> wear it. All right. And the last question. Okay. Which host on a previous podcast episode said, and this got profanity in it, Mom. Mm -hmm. I'm not having no fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I think not that my was baby. You. I think that was you. Who? <laughs> <laughs> me? You think I'm everything? <laughs> I, am, I am everything. I actually, think it's you because you're always everything. saying I'm not having kids. Exactly. Missing that your intuition was right. <laughs> that was the mom. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, give yourself a round of applause. Y'all made it to the game. Y'all made it to the game. Okay. 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 So, like, I gave you all green. <laughs> Y'all listen. You know, I'm capable of anything. I'm capable of anything. <laughs> all right. And another thing that we typically do, or we always do with all of our guests, is we ask our guests to talk about what it is that you're curious about. And so you can talk about anything. You can talk about it could be deep. It can be something that's just in your mind. But we'd we'll love for the parents to answer that question. What are you curious about? Okay. Who wants to go Who, first? Any takers to go first? How about you go first, Mom? Okay. <laughs> I'm curious, Jordan. How hard did you have to fight to be who you are mm -hmm. due to other people's non-acceptance? Mm. Yes. That's well, we're going to get into some things. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to hear that conversation. I know. <laughs> Who's having that conversation? <laughs> okay. No one has that conversation. No one. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Anyone want to go next about what you're curious about? I'll go. Okay. Okay. So, um, I guess I'm curious to know, um, yeah, how difficult it was for you to navigate your queerness um and growing up like we're like in the beginning part like in the early stages of it you know before i knew like what was going on with you how, how you were feeling and and how you managed that that's what i'm curious about because i know about the later part but what about mm -hmm. the early part that's what i want to know yeah that's good that's good we're going to get into some things. <laughs> Mom. I'm curious to know, at what point in time 
in life did you feel that you were different and uh also I'm curious to know how you feel about us accepting you as you are. Cool. All right. Nice. Word. Love that. And I, I want to keep that question in, in mind, Mom. Um, but that was the end of the game. What we're going to do now is we're going to get into some one-on-one conversations. And we actually went into the order that we're going to do this today. So... Mom, you and I are going to talk first. Um, Tony Major and Tony Minor, you're going to you're going to follow us, and then Miss Annette and Demond, you're going to close out the episode okay. with your one on one conversation. So, see you all in a little bit. Cool. Okay. All right, Mom. Happy to have you in the studio today. Glad I'm glad I'm here. I know we we've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm happy that yes. it's working. Um, so I just want to talk to you just about like your experiences with queer culture and things like that. So I think it's helpful to kind of talk to you about sort of your younger years growing up. And I'm curious to know, like, what were your experiences with the queer community or queer people when you were growing up? Like, did you see that often? Like, what was your exposure to that? Well, we didn't see it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't even see it on TV. Yeah. The most we've seen is probably comedians um, pretending like they're women. Mm, yeah. But other than that, it just wasn't part of our growing up. Did people like outside of TV, like, did people talk about it? Like, did you did you hear it happen? Like, hear people talking about it in school or like? Just like at the at the cookout, like not at all. No, not at all. Okay, so you you didn't really have a understanding of what it meant when you were growing up. Never gave it a second thought. Okay, around like when do you think that you started? I guess like seeing it more or hearing about it more. Probably in my twenties. Late twenties. Mm -hmm. Where where were you then? Like what 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 do you think changed in your life that you were able to experience that more? I think it was the openness of the queer people more mm. so. Okay, so people were more like expressive with their identity, and people right. were like start, you were starting to see like a bit of like pride, right. I guess, with people. Okay. Right. Okay. So um, as it pertains to me, um, I would ask you how you reacted to me coming out, but I had a unique experience. So I'll rephrase it and say, when you found out that I was gay, what was that experience like? Like what was going through your mind? Um, you called me and we talked about it. Like what was, what was your thought process before you called me? Like, just tell me what that experience was like. Well, it was always in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a shock to me. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't 100% definite yeah. that you were. Got you. So when, because <clears throat> I remember specifically the day that you called me, I was coming out of a sociology class. I, it was my junior year of Howard. And you called me and you were just, asking me questions about like my schedule. You were like, what class are you coming from? You're coming out of the soci sociology class. And I was like, how do you know my schedule? And then we had like a little bit of small talk. And then you said, um, I just want you to know that I know and that I love you. Yes. And like, I will never forget those words because mm -hmm. it was like a, a weight that was lifted off of my shoulders because I knew that I wanted to come out to you. Um, I just could not figure out the time to do it. Yes. Like, did you do any preparation for that phone call or anything like that? Or did you just like, you found out the news and then you were like, let me, let me call him. Yeah, not at all. I, I didn't have to prepare for that. Okay. Just let the spirit, the, mm -hmm. the spirit guide you. Okay. Um, so thinking about like after, you know, you became aware of my sexuality, did you have any challenges with, um, with accepting it? Like, are, were people in your community sort of, I guess, critical on your acceptance of me? Or did you hear people 
kind of have negative things to say about you supporting me? Like, did you have any of that that happened? Not at all. There's not one person that approached me on a subject. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I feel like is pretty secretive. Like, even after you come out, I feel like people don't want to necessarily make a public conversation out of it. It's something that's kind of like swept under the rug. So I can... I can believe that people may not have said anything to your face, but based on my experience, I'm pretty sure they were saying it behind your back. Probably so. <laughs> so you, so it's safe to say that you never felt like judged or criticized. Oh, not at all. Okay. And, you know, when we were playing the game earlier, um, you mentioned that you were curious about like how hard I had to fight to like, be who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, just to, just to answer that quickly, for me, um, I always kind of knew that I was different, like from a very, very, very young age. I'm talking like five. Five? Yeah, like very young. Remember when I used to stay at the, it was like a daycare around the corner from where we lived. And I he, stayed at this woman's house. The babysitter, yes. Yeah, I I, I just remember even back then, um, knowing that I was like interested in the other guys instead of the but other you girls. Were, you were a baby with yeah, the mean, babysitter. I was a the, baby? Yes. Like I wasn't like four, five? No, you were already in preschool by then. Oh. She took care of you. You were still in diapers. Oh, well, maybe I don't remember that. Yeah. Why do I feel like I knew it th- at that point? Um. I don't know. There's like a memory. Maybe I fabricated that. Wow. Um, but in terms of like fighting to to be who I was, mm-hmm. it was it was difficult. You know, I felt different. People made it clear that I was different. Um, being called names and like bullied in school and stuff like that. And See then, that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You're like talking, it was in uh, junior high school. Definitely junior high. That's probably when it was the like the most um, bad. Because I think in high school I was pretty. How fine. did they know? I mean mannerisms. You know, I wasn't a super like traditionally masculine kid. I didn't well, play no, sports. No boys really are around that age. Yeah, but you know, I had like a little limp wrist, maybe like you a did? little. all right mom yes i mean people could tell people could look at me and be like he's gay um and i didn't always bring it up because i didn't want to acknowledge it and i wasn't ready to accept it um or for it to be my reality because i think growing up i seen all these horror stories about people coming out to their parents and then being Mm -hmm. excommunicated from the family so for me, my strategy was um, keep a low profile, like try not to bring too much attention to who I like and who I don't like and what my preferences are and move to a major city. So that was why I really wanted to go to Howard, because I wanted to move to an environment where I felt like there was more inclusion and that there was a community that I could feel safe in. And so even after graduating college we talked about this you were like oh why don't you like you know move back home for a little bit and save and like then figure out what you want to do after after graduating college and my answer to you was i'm not coming back home i'm moving to new york or la okay Um, now what was it about howard that you already knew before you got there about it being like inclusive yes i think I think part of me, I didn't even really know that it was going to be this super inclusive place. For me, it was more so about like watching TV and watching just like things in pop culture and people talking about Howard as this place where you go and there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of successful people graduate from there and they go off to have these lives that are just kind of like in these very big cities. That's all I thought of. Like, I was thinking about, like, how do I go to a school that's going to get me into a place where I can move to New York or L.A. Mm -hmm. and I can live my adult life in those places? Because for me, that was sort of like the goal. 
I thought I steered you toward Howard. Mm, I wouldn't say I that. Didn't. No, because y'all didn't even want me to go to Howard. Y'all wanted yes, me to go. Yes, I did. Y'all wanted me to go to Hampton. No, I wanted you to go to Howard, but I also wanted you to put in applications at other schools just yeah. in case. <laughs> I wanted well, you to go to Howard. I thought before you did. I mean, I wanted to go to Howard because every every rapper was talking about it, and it seemed like every every black person that I knew that was on TV was wearing a Howard sweatshirt yeah. or doing something in that space, and I was like, "Oh, this seems like it could be cool." Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was my goal. My goal was to like my way of fighting was to like pour into like my I guess my future, <laughs> mm -hmm. so that I can be in a place like New York where. It's not, I'm not like this unique person that doesn't have community or doesn't have anybody who understands what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all was just like, oh, you don't need to go to Howard, go to Hampton. It's oh, not more... me. That wasn't me. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, you, you've known, you've had confirmation about my sexuality for, let's, how long has it been now? Definitely over 10 years, maybe even like 15 years now. How long have you been out of school? Probably 12 years. Two years to that. Okay. So 14, 14 years, almost 15 years. Um, since I've come out, there's been a lot more um, representation in the media. Um, I know that you and the family were at one point very big Empire fans, that show on Fox. Yes. Um, and I know that Jesse Smollett, it's like his, his storyline was a very popular storyline about him coming to terms with his sexuality and his parents coming to terms with it. But outside of TV, um, were you doing anything to sort of educate yourself on like queer culture and stuff like that? So maybe that you can like connect better with me. Like, did you like read anything or like watch documentaries or, you know, did you do any sort of work to, I guess, have a better understanding of my lifestyle and who I am. Well, I pretty much already understood your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I needed to read anything or watch anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you watch the, you watch the podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you sure about that? Not all, all of it. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of content. You know, we put out a lot of, a lot of episodes. We put out a lot of episodes. I know you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I um, I'm happy that we're having this conversation because, you know, I'm in my 30s now, and, um, you know, I'm looking for a lifetime partner, and so very happy that we can have this relationship, and that you can be a part of it, and that and we baby. can grow together. A baby. Okay. How many? Start off with one. Just, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but how many in total? Uh, no more than three. No more than three? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of kids in New York City. Uh, you moving to New York to help take care of these kids? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that, well, let's bring that number down to maybe like one. Your grandmother has six children. I know. I know. I don't think I look. She she did a lot. Okay, I don't know if I can carry that flagpole. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. You had one. Yeah. I want to follow in your footsteps. Okay. Does that sound better? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the way I want to end this is, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are watching this who um, maybe have like a strained relationship with their parents or maybe are preparing to have, um, to start a family. Um, if you have any advice that you would give to parents who are trying to come to terms with their child's queer identity, um, what advice would that be? Oh, don't beat yourself up. You know, um, you were born like that. That's your truth. And we just want you to be happy. In life, like anybody, anyone else. Yeah, I mean, can't you can't like can't force it, right? You gotta just like right. go with the flow. And 
I think that's good advice because you have to just be open to it and mm-hmm. understanding that like this is who your child is. Right. And, and given... it has nothing to do with you or how you raised your child. That's 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 key. A lot of, I hear a lot of parents if trying I to shouldn't, figure out. If I wouldn't have done this, if I wouldn't have done this, or if I did more of that. Mm-hmm. Wise words. Well, thank you, Mom. I'm happy that we can have this conversation. Yes. All right. We're going to clear out because now we're going to allow Tony Minor and Tony Major. Yes. To to talk. So interesting. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk a little bit later after the show's over. Okay. All right. So, Dad, Tony Tony Major (laughs) and Tony Tony Minor. (laughs) (laughs) I love that the story behind that is. Uh, Aunt Kay, who's right. your aunt, my great aunt, she dubbed us that as opposed to, they call me Little Tony. And she was like, no, Tony, Tony Minor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so and that kind of stuck and I love it and people live for it too. Um, and so I'm glad that the world will get to see Tony Major and Tony Minor because Damon and Jordan get to see it. Other friends of mine get to see it. They see our dynamic and they, you know, I am, my energy is just the same as your energy we have um that in common and you gave that to me so with this conversation though it's really important for us to have the black male perspective i think you know we're getting jordan's mom we're getting demand's mother as well and to have you here is an honor i'm glad and privileged and grateful to be able to have my father in my life and to be able to be in a place where we can even have this conversation because you know we went through the ringer <laughs> but uh we made it we so it. first i just want to make sure your mic is close enough because the people need to hear you <laughs> i want to be heard and you want to be heard <laughs> so let's let's go back to your youth and growing up and talk about queer culture and what that looked like when you were coming up i know you know black folks that's being queer and and gay and whatever else is taboo and people don't really talk about it a lot but i'm curious to know what was your experience with that as you were coming up so um my experience like i you know product of the 70s born in the 60s or 70s and 80s there wasn't um the queer culture was kind of like stigmatized to be honest with you tony right so there was um you know, like it, growing up as a as a black male and you're playing, and if there was a, another male and he acted sort of like you know feminine in a girly manner, um, he got labeled. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know if I can say this, but I will you can so, say whatever you want. Okay, great. So if you were acting like a, a girl, they were calling you like a homo, quote unquote, or a fag, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so all kind of derogatory things, and so. That was sort of like the culture um, for me that I can remember. Um, wasn't my my personal thoughts per se. I, 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 when I think about it, I was trying to think like, so how was I feeling back then? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I even took a stand one way or the other. To be honest with you, but I can I know that my memories of the queer culture growing up was sort of like the the queer culture was like stigmatizing mm-hmm. if you were black male and you were acting um more feminine then you you weren't hanging out with you know the cool kids or the or, or the jocks mm-hmm. you know there was no real place for you to hang out with per se that i can remember um and i don't like i said i don't really I don't really recall what was going on with with a queer person at that time because yeah. I didn't really have anybody to that that I knew at that time that was queer. Like I didn't know of one single person at that time that I was queer. We knew people like I can, for instance, that um, we knew some guys that hung with the girls per se, um, but they hadn't. You know, they hadn't made it known, so we, yeah. we really didn't know. Right, it was speculation. Yeah, a lot it's, of speculation. And it's interesting to hear that you didn't necessarily have that bandwagon mentality uh, or that group think of, you know, bullying mm-hmm. um, or othering folks that were seemingly mm-hmm. queer. Um, and you didn't let that affect your understanding of the experience. You kind of just were 
living your life and you noticed things were going on, but it didn't shape how you responded to seemingly queer people. No. The other aspect of that is too that um so um in in the in the family in which you know you were born into, um mm-hmm. we had a cousin. Kevin we had a, Kevin. Kevin. We had a cousin named Kevin. And Kevin was definitely queer. And I loved Kevin to death. And my fondest memory was a trip to Virginia family reunion, family mm-hmm. and friends mm-hmm. when it first originated. And I ended up um staying with Kevin in his house yeah. at his own place. Uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Um, but he was like the coolest person. And so that kind of like that bond, that feeling, kind of like was my initial like introduction. Like mm-hmm. we just talked all night. We mm-hmm. sat up and talked all night and drank and had like a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the queer folks in the family are often the most fun. <laughs> it mean Aunt Sharon, uh, you know, right. I think about a few folks, right. um, and uh, it it just kind of rings true. Like even when Beyonce talks about her um, Uncle Johnny right. and you know her being a kid and having that experience. Right. Now let's talk about when I came out to you. I don't know. I don't know if you remember when I came out verbally to you. Uh, I don't. I don't know your thoughts about what you thought about me before I came out. Because, you know, I don't feel like I ever really was hiding myself from the family. I kind of carried myself as usual. I probably was toned it down a bit, but, like, I never really was, you know, putting on or trying to mask it up and be Mm -hmm. more butch or more tough. Mm -hmm. But I want to know, what was your reaction when I came out? So the story goes, we were in the car having a night on the town in Harlem, Mm -hmm. and we were driving, and we were getting our lives and you put on some some music as we always do blasting it and I told you at that moment I was dating not the person I'm with now it's someone that I was previously with that the family met and I was like I want you to meet my boyfriend and you looked at me and you was like you're what and I was like my boyfriend and you were like okay Mm -hmm. and it was literally that sort of seamless and fluid and and we just kept going on about our nights, and then you eventually met him. And so, what what was your thoughts about me coming out or me, us verbalizing it and talking about it, and then going it, from there? It's funny, you know, because you know I don't know if it's my age or whatever. Because that rec- that particular scenario is not in my mind. Like I I didn't remember that mm. the way you remembered it, but I'm glad you refreshed my memory. Um, <laughs> my actual thoughts. About because I would always ask Crystal about you. I was like, "Is Tony gay?" <laughs> she was like, "Have a conversation with your son, right?" <laughs> so, so I remember. You remember that party you had at that hotel downtown? Oh, that was the ex before the ex. I'm talking about, yeah. Right. That's when. That's when in my mind I was like, "Oh wow, okay." So at the Conrad, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of like. You know, when I got back in the car, because I remember Crystal did the baking, and that's yeah. kind of like I was like, well, there's no, the question is answered in my mind. Right? <laughs> so, I, so I don't have to, I know. But the thing about it, I can always remember, so so, so that conversation that you said, if it. That's it, the first time I verbalized, verbalized it. it. Right. But and it could, I it also would, wasn't hiding before. Right. Because it, it would seem to me that, that the way you recall it is probably the way it would go with us. Because um, as as my child, like, I was accepting of anything you did and supportive of everything you did. And the reason behind that, in my mind, is was like you were the best child that anyone could ever ask for. No problems from start to finish. Now, I don't know, I guess that's who you are, mm-hmm. you know? But as far as when you, like, when when I officially under, you know, knew that you were queer, um, I did have some, some thoughts in the beginning um, because I was wondering, you know, like different things as like, uh, as, a, as a black male, what were you going through and what were you dealing with and how could I support? But that experience about the car ride, it's, mm-hmm. it's so funny because I have no real recollection of that. My thoughts were that that, that party that night was when I knew for sure. Yeah. Um, but there were always signs along the way, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
But like you said, you never masked anything. And my thoughts were, that's my that's my son. Yeah, I'm, I know, and I also recognize that I'm privileged in that sense because a lot of black gay men don't aren't afforded that privilege. They don't they don't get to have family that is accepting a father, that's accepting a mother, that's accepting you know, and so I do recognize that. And one of the things you asked earlier about like we you started to learn more about my older years and you were thinking about when I was younger and what was that like. It was it was interesting because I still was discovering who I was and mm-hmm. I still I felt like I had thoughts when I was younger, but I didn't really know what to where to place those thoughts until maybe right before I went to college. And then I wanted to go away to Howard because I felt like I could then explore me. And it did give me that like Pandora's box open and I was able to explore my sexuality. Um, and so. You know, it wasn't, I didn't feel necessarily like um, it was uh, just this hard thing to manage. I just didn't know what I was managing and how, where to place it until later on in life. And then once I got to a place, I was like, and I say this all the time, and I get this from one of my friends, if you ain't fucking me, you ain't feeding me, you ain't financing me, then... Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. That's what you say, right? I yeah. love that too. I love um, that about you. And the other thing, and I do want to say just briefly, is that we the other hard thing to, I don't know, to come out or talk to you about was when I told you and Crystal that I was HIV positive. Oh, yeah. That was such a moment. And that was a moment. And that I was, was a great, crying was a moment, the next moment. day. That was probably right. tougher for me than you right. knowing that I was gay. Right. Um, so when you did that that night, um, like, for a minute, like, the earth stopped. Because I you were ready like, to fight. Yeah, I was ready to fight. You know, because the my mind is crazy. And I'm thinking somebody that knew that they were infected, intentionally infected you. Um, so I was like, that dirty such and such. But then when you explained it, yeah. I calmed down. Right. More importantly, so once I got past that, you know, well, that was my initial thoughts. Then it was like, well, damn, you know, you went through this on your on your own like I didn't you know I'm starting to think like to go to, that that made you even more special in my mind like to be able to navigate that whole scenario that whole medical issue on your own like who was supporting you and then it it, it also came up I'm like well why wouldn't he tell us why didn't he feel he could tell us mm-hmm. you know um did he not want us to worry or you know, like what was going on, and I was trying to, I, I was, I was trying to, in my mind, feel what you were feeling at that time, and what you must have been going through, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was such a moment. It made us such, like the three of us, so like very bonded. It was um, right. Yeah, you know, immediately, and it felt like a weight off my shoulders. It was before I discussed it on the podcast here. And I'm grateful for that we had to have that we were able to have that moment and move forward from that. Right. I'm I'm happy that you told us. Like I'm 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 I feel privileged when you share your inner secrets. <laughs> you know, um, no matter how what they are. To be honest with you, because um, you don't have to. Right, like you, <laughs> you, you are you, and 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 I'm here to support. Yes, you know, you know, I love you, and I'm here to support. Yeah. So speaking of your support, quickly, I want to know about. Uh, did you face? You said the family was asking questions. You know, you were asking questions. Were there? Did you have any sort of, I guess, backlash or you know, people coming at you? for supporting my sexuality. I don't think so, but just wanted to ask in that, case. That's not happening. That wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, that would have never, first of all, you know me, mm-hmm. you're my son. Like, are you telling me anything about my son? That's not happening in life. Like I, I told you before, I'll die for you. I, I told you that. Um, the other part is, um, if anybody was gonna judge and criticize, they weren't gonna be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're, you're not, 
like it's always family over. Well, that's listen. I said earlier, I don't, I don't fight, but just know I roll with some goons. <laughs> yeah, you did say that, right? You and know, you are one of those. So yeah, I never really had no no situations where anybody was going to say anything about about you. Now the thing that I when when we when I thought about this, when I think about the question, mm-hmm. it's sort of like um, so you know, typically black African American men who are homophobic. Um, will have things to say about the queer community as they may just walk down the street. So you see those two, blah, 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 so on and so forth, right? Since my son is queer, my response is always, look, they got a right. They have choices. How are they affecting you? Your personal you know, beliefs are your personal beliefs. They have their own. Let them be. But yes. I don't... Right. Yes. <laughs> but I don't get deep in it because it's like, you know. You don't, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But at least they're they ignorant. know where. Like, I, I, make a, I, I make that stand and I make it no. And then I might get some side crack and then I'll have to, you know, or some, you know, it, it, it turns into like a joking format. Then I just slide off. I said what I needed to say. And yeah. so you know where I stand. But nobody has ever um, approached me with any type of criticism or judgment. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love to hear that you are. In a place where you're educating or giving perspective. Uh, and speaking of education, have you ever felt that you needed to educate yourself more on queer culture or w- what this means? Your son's queer. Maybe I should learn a little bit about X, Y, and Z. Or maybe I'm watching something on TV and I'm getting some perspective. Right. Anything there? Yeah. So um, as far as education is concerned, like the, what that show, um, Pose? Pose? Yeah. That was it for me in a very big way. I love that show. I love the the the, the storyline, mm-hmm. um, the inner storylines. Um, the other education piece for me is like so. As my child, I don't need to really. I didn't think I needed to sort of educate myself on your lifestyle. I thought that based on conversations and observations and interaction, like I've interacted with your friends. I remember when I first met Jordan and he came to the house with his white shirt on. <laughs> you thought he was so cool. <laughs> yeah, he comes in walking. I was like, oh wow. But the thing that I really like. I enjoyed so my education actually came or comes when I when I see you guys interact and I just become a part of. Um, I don't. I know that there there may be some things that um, I might not be aware of mm-hmm. per se, but that's where you be are the experts and your your peers are the experts. And if I need to know something, I'm not afraid to ask you like mm-hmm. at a you know have a conversation about it but as far like and then again like i said watching the podcast and watching the shows on television no well not that particular show pose mm-hmm. pose was a, was a big education for me too yeah mm-hmm. um and speaking of education I, I know that you're a drug counselor and you constantly are teaching and educating and also learning is there any advice that you would give to other parents out there who might be struggling with, or not even just parents, any any person out there who might be struggling with accepting the queerness of a loved one, someone who's queer, that they, they don't know how to deal with that? Sure. So when thinking about this question, um, I as a parent was... You know, I produced you. I didn't. I don't get to pick you. I produced you. <laughs> so, you know, along with your mother. So we didn't have. You know, we can't. Oh, we we, we want so this. This was a production, right? This was a production. <laughs> we don't get to pick our children. We produce our children, and then we we just need, we need to support their dreams, whatever that might be. Um, you know, I'm thinking as one. Um, you know, a black. You're black. You're a male and you're queer. Three targets immediately off the gate, right? With that being said, the support and love that a parent um, can provide is definitely necessary and needed. So the other thing that one of the parents mentioned earlier about, you know, um, a parent thinking that it's something that they did wrong or what could I have done to prevent this there's nothing that you can do <laughs> to prevent it mm-hmm. and so then that goes to speak on your beliefs and culture you know because if you're a product of like the 60s 
or the 50s, you, you were raised a certain way and, and your beliefs and your value systems are based on what was passed on to you. Yeah. And so then you have the opportunity to break that. So you show your love and you show your support um, and you listen and you become curious and you make work. <laughs> <laughs> Stay curious. Stay curious. You ask questions, you know, um, and and that's what I would say, you know, um, it's like embrace it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. We've come such a long way. People have no idea. We still have our moments, but they're moments of growth and opportunity to continue learning and loving on each other. So I hope that this can be an example for anyone who decides to watch this that, you know, you, you may or may not have someone in your life who accepts you, but just know that there is acceptance out there and it starts within and you can find that for yourself. And so I'm glad that we are able to just be a possibility model for people in the world. So I thank you for having this conversation, Tony Major. <laughs> and um, we're going to pass it to Damon and Miss Annette to close it out. And then we'll stay curious <laughs> and see what Definitely. happens. Definitely. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Okay. So, Mom, we're going to be the last ones to go close out the episode. Um, and this is all re really special to us. We wanted to kind of talk with our parents and mm -hmm. get more perspective, I think, like deep questions that we don't typically ask you all every day. So we're going to start with your past before before I was born and I was around. Um, what were like your earliest experiences with queerness? What did you see growing up? Did you mm -hmm. see anything in media, people you knew? Growing up, I, I was never exposed to the queer community. Mm -hmm. I never had any experience with it at all. I think that a lot of it was hidden. Mm -hmm. It was not something that was discussed mm -hmm. or discussed in the household. So I was never never had any exposure to it at all. Got it. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Everybody's hiding underground. Um, and I guess shifting to me, like what what was your reaction when I first took, so like I, I remember actually the night before I moved to New York City, um, we were having, a, um, you were asking me about like having kids and getting married or something. Mm -hmm. And I freaked out because I was just like, and I called dad and I was just like, mom's asked me all these questions. I don't want to talk about this and I'm moving to New York tomorrow and I'm gay and everybody should know. <laughs> and like when I talked about it at the time and I actually told him and he, I guess shared it he with shared you. He shared it with me. So what what was your what was your reaction? I never You know, I as you became a teenager, mm -hmm. we saw different signs, mm -hmm. we saw different things and we would discuss it mm -hmm. among us. What did y'all say? Well, we saw well, you know, you really did wasn't really into sports. You did mm -hmm. track. And then me, you know, I would always ask you about, oh, is there a girl you like? You have a girlfriend. And you did. You had a girlfriend. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, no. But then there were other signs of, and I don't know if you were in college or mm -hmm. if you were a teenager, when you, you brought home these blue jeans. And these were blue jeans <laughs> that were skin tight and you had to lay in the bathtub in water. Oh, I remember In order those. for those jeans to stretch. And I'm looking, and they're real tight, and I'm thinking. It was the blue jeans that gave it away? Yes, you gave it away. <laughs> the, the blue jeans. And then some of your mannerisms, uh -huh. sometimes you would put your hand on your hip. Mm -hmm. So, but yes. Mm -hmm. And then your father told me, because you did not share that mm -hmm. with me, and he shared it with yeah. me. And I mean, we, I remember we didn't really talk about it for like two years. Mm -hmm. And what, what was going through your mind in that time? In that time is is because you had a girlfriend, mm -hmm. and then you had a different girlfriend. At least you told me it was mm -hmm. a, a girl that you were dating. So mm -hmm. I did not. I think maybe it, you were over that phase. Mm -hmm. Is what my so the, but then like after was. I came out, like when I was moving to New York, I told Dad. He told mm -hmm. you, and we didn't talk about it again until you all were coming to New York. I remember for Christmas, mm -hmm. and I was dating a guy at the time, and we had a whole back and forth about you wanting to meet him, not wanting to meet him, right. What, where was your mind in that time? Because at the, at the time I thought you were still into 
no, girls. You thought it was just a phase. I and just... it was a phase. And mm-hmm. then when we were coming to New York mm-hmm. and you indicated that you wanted us to meet your friend, mm-hmm. my initial thought, and I said, no. Mm-hmm. I remember. And, and uh, I said to dad <laughs> that if she's going to come to Christmas at my house, this is how it's going to be or you can stay at home. And, and I see, remember dad was like, I will deal with all of this. Right. Because he never shared that with me. Mm-hmm. And um, and he told me, he said, look, we're going to New York. It's going to be fine. And at that point in time, I started questioning, well, who is this person? Mm-hmm. What does that person look like? Mm-hmm. And you gave this description until the both of us, we were like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were we were really mm-hmm. we didn't know what to think uh to think or uh expect mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what i did i had to do some soul searching yeah how did you navigate that because you're my child mm-hmm. we have a great bond mm-hmm. a good relationship and i love you and i love you unconditionally mm-hmm. so that for me, it did not matter because it was about you and me making sure that I was there for you mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. I was su- your support and I wanted you to feel free to come to me if you had any questions, uh, if it was something that, you know, you were thinking about or if it was anything that you were stressed about. I know you would go to dad Mm -hmm. and he in turn would be like the liaison, the middle person that would come to me. And so together we worked through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny. I was listening to Tony's dad and he he was just like, you have born with three things. You're black, you're black and you're male. Right. And my dad, that's what dad would say. Every black man of a certain age, I think has a handbook and they all get these notes apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember then that the person I was dating at the time ended up coming to Chicago to to meet extended family and people mm-hmm. for Christmas. And I remember dad was just like, no one's no one will say anything negative. And if they right. have an issue, they can talk to me about it. What has it, did anyone ever say anything to you or give you negative feedback or no. like I know we grew up in church. Like has anybody ever side eye? No, mm-hmm. no one has ever said anything to me at all, mm-hmm. at all. And it wasn't a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your father would let them know, yes, I have a gay son. Mm-hmm. And if they made comments about anyone else, mm-hmm. he would stop them in their tracks. Mm-hmm. And then also with with our pastor, he did not tolerate anyone mm-hmm. speaking ill of anybody. Mm-hmm. So, Well, that's interesting because a lot of times people associate church with intolerable or mm-hmm. like... Uh, just like judgmental people Mm-mm. how is it like like we grew up in church mm-hmm. um you all are still were heavily involved in the church yes. i know that you go to now what has that i guess relationship been with that specific church that that has been about acceptance it seems because i've been there with you all before too uh you know with my church family mm-hmm. i feel as though they're a family mm-hmm. um they're not judgmental mm-hmm. uh, they're there to help mm-hmm. Uh, in your time of need, they help you, mm-hmm. and they look at you as a human being, as family. They don't look at you're queer or you have a queer child mm-hmm. or anything, and that's what I like. Mm-hmm. And then they focus more on um, an incredible life, wanting people to live an incredible life, wanting people to love one another, mm-hmm. uh, wanting people to build wealth, uh, to be successful. And that's what they focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're more about family. Yeah. And if you think about it, everyone has someone in their family that's queer. Mm-hmm. So, you and may then not know with it, me, but... you may not know it. And you don't know this, but my best friend mm-hmm. is queer. Oh, yeah. You told me about yes. it. Yeah. Yes. So, you going to go to the house for dinner, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're going out on the town. Um, and then. What like I know we've we've seen certain things. It's interesting. I remember when when um Dad was really sick and we were all at home together. We all watched mm-hmm. Pose together. Yes. Um. So that was very. I was. I remember explaining like 
trans people to you. <laughs> we were having all these okay. things, but are there things you've seen as media has become more progressive or things you've read or just people you've met, you've talked about your friend, like people uh-huh. you've met in your life that have kind of changed or just given you more insight into the culture? You know, um, I've worked with people, mm-hmm. executives that mm-hmm. were uh, part of the queer community, mm-hmm. uh, teammates part of the queer community. And I really just view them as they're no different than me. Mm-hmm. You know, they may do certain things or live a certain lifestyle, but they're human. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a heart. They have feeling. I don't look at them any differently. I don't see anything different about them. Mm-hmm. I just see them for who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, it's interesting, like, all these conversations around, like, people and trans rights and queer rights. And I think mm-hmm. people really just want to be, it's the same rights. I don't want right. special treatment or any of us. I don't think we want uh-huh. special treatment. We just want the the validity of who we are to be viewed, to be seen, uh-huh. not to be othered. Even just the concept of like knowing I'm different. I'm, I'm not different. I'm just me. Right. And I think that's the place that people want to get to. Yes. Um. So no. And I think so finally we've been trying to um incorporate little like homework bits into our Uh show this season um so each for this episode all the parents are doing that um and you as a parent of well two queer sons yes (laughs) right two queer sons sons. um and like what advice do you have for other parents trying to understand things trying to figure out what they can do to help and continue to love or if they're having if they're not as accepting, like they initially are mm-hmm. like, wait, I don't know what's going on. They ignore it or don't talk about it. Like what advice do you have looking on your journey? What have you learned that you maybe would do differently or? You know, with me, the way I look at it is that that's my child. Mm-hmm. That may be your, another person's child. You are there to love them, to support them. Um, they may be facing emotional challenges or wondering how will they be able to navigate through society, you are their support. Mm -hmm. If they fall down, you are there to hold them up. Mm -hmm. You should love them. It does not matter. And what you have to think about, you can either continue to love your child or you can end up losing Mm -hmm. your child. And which one is more important to you? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, we have a great bond. Um, I did not want to lose that. Um, you are a great, loving individual, and I will give my all to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I think other parents need to do that as well. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, it's all a journey. Like my, it's a journey. The, the partner, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, you... We're like, I don't want to talk to him. And now, like, I'm getting married. You're in my wedding. And right. like, you're staying here with me and my partner. And everything's about growth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember even when my little brother was just like, oh, what should I tell mom? And I'm just like, it's, it's nobody cares. <laughs> and, and then they go through emotional trauma. And mm-hmm. with him, uh, before he came out, it's the emotion. Yeah. And at one point in time, I said, just tell me what it is that you want me to know mm-hmm. and he held it in and it was destroying him and he in turn was destroying mm-hmm. you know other relationships so it's like come to terms with who you are mm-hmm. we accept you for who you are it does not change anything mm-hmm. um so once you feel that love it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And uh, once you love yourself, this is who I am. This is, and then like you said, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. You can either accept it. Mm-hmm. You would not be a part of it. Or you would not be a part of it. Yeah. Jordan said something in an episode we did a couple, last season. I don't know. Uh-huh. But instead of coming out, he said that it's about inviting people in. Yes. Uh, because coming out is not for you. It's really uh-huh. just about me being comfortable inviting you into this space in my right. life. Um, and I think that's the thing that people, parents, people around mm-hmm. us, whomever, um, is it's it's about like maybe not centering you and how I feel about it and why couldn't you tell me? And it's more about how can I create an environment right. where they think that bringing them into this part of their lives will still be caring, will mm-hmm. still be nurturing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, thank you, Mom. And I agree. <laughs> and, and I just want to say this with my friend. Uh, we've been friends for about 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And when she told me, she said, I understand if you don't love me anymore mm-hmm. or you don't want to be my friend. And I said, what would make you say that? She said, because of people and how people think. And my words to her were, I'm going to be there for you forever. Mm-hmm. And are you happy? And she said, this is the happiest I have been in my life. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm happy for you. And nothing changed. Mm-hmm. She's still the same person. You're still the per- same person. Nothing has changed at all. And I would not want you to change. Mm-hmm. I want you to be free to be yourself. Thank you. All right. Love you, Mom. And I met a lot of amazing people through you. <laughs> <laughs> And I love you. And this is why it's so important to every day in which I try to make an effort to do it every day or all the time is to always tell my children, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to close out this very special episode of Surface Level with kind of some takeaways, things Mm. that we felt like I'll start. I like felt like our, crying. I felt like our parents are now like the new host of Service Level 2.0. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, we be like the Real Housewives and have to do like different franchises, <laughs> like Surface Level Parents, Surface Level Kids. Oh my god! Like, Don't talk about like, my mama. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I, my mama missing that. Uh, Tony Major, Miss mm-hmm. Teresa, <laughs> cutting up. No, this was Jordan. What what, what takeaways you have? I mean, first of all, I'm so happy that we we got an opportunity to do this episode. This is something that we've been trying to do or talking about doing for some seasons now. So I didn't know what to expect coming mm-hmm. in here, um, but I, I walked away with so much more. I think one of the things that stuck out to me is that all three of our parents talked about how they basically had no exposure mm-hmm. to, the, to the queer community when they were growing up. And I think what immediately went through my mind was, wow, Mm -hmm. like how much more difficult does it have to be? At least for me growing up, even if I didn't feel accepted, I felt like I could find, you know, a few Mm -hmm. representations of our community in the media. I don't know how lonely that could have been to feel like you didn't see it around you because everyone's hiding in plain sight. It's not on TV. It's not in the media. It's like, who do you talk to about this? And how do you even know this is your identity? Right. Like, where? who are you fact-checking this with? Who are you, like, talking to about this? Yeah. And so I thought that that was a really interesting takeaway. Um, and so now that sort of made me a bit more curious to talk to people in our community again that were, you know, um, around our parents' age and just talking to them about their experience mm-hmm. growing up. Um that was a huge takeaway. And then also, um, you know, just kind of like me thinking that my queerness was so obvious mm. growing up and just being like, well, who but doesn't it, know? It was. Right. I thought it was. I thought it was very obvious. But like, to, to I guess to like hear that... Um, that there was speculation, but there wasn't this like overt, like, oh yeah, like my son mm-hmm. is this. Um, that was kind yeah. of, that was kind of eye opening. I mean, it felt, it felt, feels like similar to their time growing up where it was, you knew something was going on, but you didn't have confirmation. So you just kind of like don't skirted ask, don't the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of, you know, it, it, you may have had a thought, but you didn't really know where to place it. So mm-hmm. you just kind of went business as usual Mm -hmm. um and so i think that that's a big part of why they may have felt like they weren't exposed to it because i feel like they probably were exposed to it and they just didn't know that they it was all Mm -hmm. around them because people were hiding themselves or people weren't Mm -hmm. hiding themselves but they they weren't necessarily challenging it and also i think damon's mother said like Everyone has someone queer in their family, and it's true. Mm-hmm. And when people, and that's my thing when someone has gotten testy and then, like, oh, your son is X, Y, and Z, or blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, girl, 
your son is too. So what are we talking about here? You know, because now, but now after I've, I've come undone after this episode, which I will say, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the record and call it award winning, <laughs> iconic, first yes. of its kind. No one does that. No, no one, one does, does that. You, no one you does did that. that. But we did it. <laughs> but we did it. And it feels so good. And it goes back to one of the things that is very intrinsic and true to who I am as a person where I've always felt when you have the tough conversations, Mm -hmm. you feel so much better Mm -hmm. afterwards. So when the tough get going, the going get tough. And I just feel like, I don't know about you, the both of you, but even after that, I feel even like I feel like now nah, I'm a, the rest of my day, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to be a serve. Yeah. It's over for you, bitches. So yeah, and, and that was a serve. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was a true. I can we can classify that as a serve t- on today. Yeah, um, you know, a couple seasons ago, <clears throat> we made the decision to kind of refocus the show, like less purely on us and our friendship and more on how we can talk about our community, how we can be of service to our community. Um, And today this for me was like the best blend of those two things. It's incredibly personal, but it's something where someone can find this on the internet years from now and hopefully find some level of value in it because it was educational. Like we talk about possibility models <clears throat> and how often do you see parents of black queer people talking about their journey, yeah. um, the acceptance, the lack of understanding maybe, um, and the the standing in like, I, I think the thread as all three of them, it was just like, at the end of the day, you have to choose to love this person that you're guiding through life. Yeah. Because you didn't choose them, you're here with them and you can decide to be here or not. And the feeling that I want more parents to just get from this is like the feeling of not shouldn't be an option. Like we, Mm -hmm. I want to in some small way, hopefully this stops or, or for some household can stop like the narrative of like the kid gets kicked out and they have no relationship with family. Like hopefully this reaches someone to say, Hey, there can still be love. Um, even if it's something you don't understand and that there's a journey that you can go on with them. Yeah. What's that when they say immortalize? (laughs) <laughs> like that's what yeah. this this is what this whole podcast journey is doing and especially conversations like this mm-hmm. it lives forever yeah it's our, it's our legacy <laughs> and 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 as you can see um coming out made everybody closer with their parent yeah and what your mother said about her friend mm-hmm. like Almost lost it. I was in the I was in the green room. Putting my eyes back in my in my face. I had to put them back on and say, "Hold on now," because that's such that's like just hearing the story of her friend saying, "I I'm one I want to share this information with you, but I'm nervous too because you may not want to be my friend anymore. You may not like me anymore." That felt so true to mm-hmm. my experience yeah just thinking that every oh. single person that i decided to talk to i had to mentally and emotionally prepare for that person to, to like them. walk no. out of my right. life mm-hmm. and sometimes i didn't come out to them because the fear was too big yeah and so your mother's response to that was what i hope that people could envision to focus on yeah right like when you're thinking about should i come out to this person Focus on that possibility. Yeah. Focus on the best case scenario. Yeah. And I, it's, it's funny. Um, not funny, but like my, my, my father passed a few years ago and this would have been something he'd love to do. And it was so much of what I thought about your dad. Tony's dad was saying that it reminded me of my listening I to my dad, about your dad. And you I know? said, I said to myself, getting ready for this. I said, I'm glad that Damon season one, was it mm-hmm. that you were able to like have the podcast kind of moment with mm-hmm. him that you yeah. brought to the show. I was yeah. just like, mm-hmm. this, he's looking down on us, giving like, <laughs> all right. Tens across the board. Yeah. He's like Mary J. Blige okay. with that ball. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, ball. the opposite. Chop. Whatever This was good. But, but before we, before DeMond closes out, one of the things that your mom said that resonated with me, I've since had this conversation with my own mother mm-hmm. and I hope that other people have this conversation. We need to tell each other more and often that we love each other. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I love you, Jordan, and I love you, Damon. Love you, boo. Love you, too. <laughs> yes. You too, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs>
Love you too. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all the time we have for this very, very special episode of Surface Level. If you enjoyed this episode, let's keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com. And remember, stay curious.